Okay, so it's uh, May 1st, day 712 of lockdown. And um, I just, uh, I just watched something. Um, okay, I've uh, people who know me already know this, and that's most of you, although not all of you. Weirdly, there are some people who I do not know who are listening to this, which blows my mind. <laughs> uh, you're very welcome. Uh, but most people know, uh, I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, that I'm, uh, an improv com- comedian. That's, uh, that's my job. Uh, I perform and teach improv. Uh, and obviously I've not been able to, uh, we, t- like, okay, I'm part of a group called the Spontaneous Players, and we tour around doing a Harry Potter show mainly, and also a Sherlock Holmes show. Uh, we tour the country and we perform in like theatres and stuff. Obviously, we've not been doing that. <laughs> uh, the company's just basically on hold, which, you know, makes perfect sense. Uh, I also teach, uh, which I've also not been doing. Um, and that's the thing, there's a big thing that's been happening. And it's been kind of amazing. It's been incredible to sort of see, from the fringes at least, that improvisers are really... Like, as a whole. Uh, a, mm, I don't want to get the whole thing of, uh, oh, improvisers are all amazing people. There are some terrible people who do improv comedy. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. But as a whole, it tends to attract people who are super positive uh, and, like, problem solvers. People who want to make other people feel better. Like, that's why you become a comedian, right? You want people to laugh. You want people to smile. You also, you know, want to have that endorphin rush of doing that. Like, it's not a it's not a selfless act. It's not like we're we're not heroes. Um, but there's something really nice about improv as a whole. Uh, that can get sometimes a bit overblown for me, where it's like we're we're like a community, man. It's like yeah, we are a community, but you know, calm down. Uh, <laughs> But one of the most amazing things that's been happening, that I've seen for lockdown, has been happening since basically day one of lockdown, and we're on day 712, uh, of people just coming together and trying to figure out how to put on shows. Like, so I watched a panel just there, uh, put together by uh, The Nursery, which is a an improv uh, comedy theatre, not, not comedy, just an improv theatre, I don't know why I put comedy in there, they're specifically not exclusively comedy. An improv theatre down in London, whom I love. Uh, I've done loads, loads of stuff with them before. I've gone down and done intensives with them. I'm good friends with uh, some of the people involved in teaching and running the theatre. Uh, I've performed with most of them <laughs> at various points, uh, and they're just incredible people. Like they, when people talk about improv as a as a, a beautiful community, the, like the nursery is the kind of thing they're talking about. So they put on a panel with uh, uh, two professors that I know, uh, Joe's ones and Chris Mead, and three that I, I don't know, who um, uh, are based uh, elsewhere, uh, based, uh, I think, in America, and I think uh, other places as well. I, didn't, I missed the beginning of it, so I didn't hear that part. <laughs> I'll do more research, but not for this, because uh, for the audio log, because I, as, as I've established, this is not a podcast. I do not do research. Um... <laughs> But so the big conversation they were having is what are the limitations of improv online and why are people even bothering? 
uh, was a huge thing. And I was in the comments on that, and I uh, was part of a conversation where I got quite vulnerable, vulnerable about it. And it's something I've, I've sort of mentioned in passing to some people. Uh, but I, it's just in my head now, and I like, and this is an unfiltered, uncensored, unedited uh, stream of consciousness from my brain. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Uh, a lot of preamble to say that I really miss doing improv. Uh, feels like an obvious thing to say. Um, it's been my passion for so long. I've been doing improv for like. 12 years now I think and I've loved it since the moment I started doing it uh, and like I say it went from being my main hobby to being my job uh, over the past couple of years like uh, it's my main source of income, it's my main source of creativity believe it or not my main source of creativity is not usually rambling into a microphone, it's usually rambling with somebody else on stage um, and teaching has been one of the most fulfilling things in my whole in my life like watching people who are struggling with their self-confidence or like just or uh, a million other things just putting the pieces together and figuring out how to do a good improv scene is God, it's, it's genuinely like I have come home from classes before and just like cried at how well some people have like done and how well people have done especially when I uh, would after a lot of the classes we do sort of graduation shows and watching my uh, students do a show it's just like I've performed at like some amazing theatres like we did a we did a show down in Cheltenham uh, the Cheltenham Everyman which is a huge theatre like like 600 odd people um, I think uh, which is an insane amount of people and that was that was an incredible feeling and performing at the Edinburgh Fringe and getting standing ovations incredible feeling but sitting in the basement of a pub watching uh, people perform for their family and friends people who like eight weeks before would never have considered performing it's kind of that's incredible and I missed that I've watched some uh, online improv shows and I've, I struggle with it because it reminds me, not because they're not good shows, I think some of them are like genuinely good shows, some of them don't quite work as well, but people are figuring stuff out, it's a, basically a rebirth of an already quite nascent art form, so I'm, I'm willing to cut people a lot of slack, and I've seen shows that I've, I've really loved. Uh, but generally speaking when I've tried to watch shows I just feel sad. And I, I considered, like, oh, sign up for classes. That's the thing people are doing. People are doing, like, uh, online classes. So people in America, like, like I could I could do a class with, an, with uh, a teacher who I love in America that I've never had a chance to work with before. That would be great. But again, every time I think about signing up for it, I just feel sad. There are jams. There are opportunities for, like, uh, like I have friends who are putting on shows I could get in touch with them and say hey do you have space for me in a show but the thought of it just makes me sad and I've been thinking about it and when I say sad I mean unbearably sad like devastatingly sad 
that you can hear my voice breaking right now. And I don't mean, I don't want to make this a sad thing where I'm just like crying on a, at a microphone. Uh, but it's a genuine feeling, like it's, it's a, a visceral reaction. And I realised what it was quite early on. Uh, and it's quite obvious if you think about it, but it, it's grief, right? It's the loss of something incredibly important to me. Uh, which is a huge part of my life, which has uh, helped me gain so much um, sort of perspective on who I am, uh, helped increase my self-esteem hugely. Uh, or oh, talking of self-esteem, I've been re-listening to an, uh, the al- an album by... The, sorry, I, I go off on tangents, especially especially when I'm talking about emotional things, I go off on tangents to make myself... Uh, uh, <laughs> just to keep myself sane. But, uh, the, yeah, there's an album... Uh, oh, God, I completely forgotten what the album's called. Uh, that's wild that I've completely forgotten it. It's like something about apologies. I can't remember it. But by the artist Self-Esteem. Uh, if you look up self-esteem music, you'll find it. Uh, she's got one album out, and it's incredible. And I was—I've—I've I've not really been listening to a lot of music in lockdown. And I don't know why that is, because I love music and I listen to music a lot. But I've just been busy doing other stuff, like trying to watch all of the TV shows um, and all of the YouTube, uh, all of the YouTube. I've tried to watch all of the YouTube. I've not not reached the end of YouTube yet. There's so much of it. <laughs> but yeah, I've been listening to that album uh, again today, and that is, album is incredible, and it just makes me feel happy and joyful. Uh, which brings me back to improv, uh, <laughs> as I knew I would, because I've not finished my thought on that. Uh, it's grief. It's something that has changed my life, and has become such an integral part of my life. Like, so many of my friends... I'd say the majority of my friends and the people I know and the people I love are people I've met through performing, uh, teaching, uh, and just being around improv comedy and improv performance. And I miss that. Um, My improv group, uh, Spontaneous Players, we meet up every Thursday night uh, and play stupid Jackbox games. Oh man. Uh, If you don't know what Jackbox games are, they're basically like interactive games that you can play. We usually play them in person. You can play them online. Uh, which are just simple games where you play with your phone against uh, somebody who's got it on, who's somebody who owns the game on a computer. And it's just really simple things like fill in the blanks, like here's a here's a thing, think of a funny thing to say in response to that. Some of it gets more complicated than that. But everybody, I don't know why I'm recommending it, because everybody seems to be playing at the moment. Uh, if I could go back in time to the, just before this uh, pandemic, I would buy stocks in Zoom uh, and uh, in Jackbox.tv because uh, wow those guys are making money and I actually and I know one of the people involved in making it uh, so I'm glad if he makes more money out of it. I don't know how the licensing thing works. So we've been meeting up and playing that but we've uh, we've very but we don't want we're not putting on shows and uh, that's sort of like a I, I, we, that's an ongoing discussion about whether we would want to put on put out something but I think my main struggles I like I say I, I could talk to people about doing a show I could 
try and do a class. I could try and teach a class. But I'm just not ready yet, I don't think. Um, I don't know if that'll change the further we get into lockdown. I mean, like, day, maybe day, day 713, if it ever comes. Uh, feels like we've been on day 712 for ages. Um, it might be something that I get back into, that I actually try and, like, maybe I end up loving it, you know? But for the moment, I think it's important for me to remind myself that this is a really messed up situation, and you're allowed to take time to process you know, like, I'm sure everyone's going through this. Like, of course we are. This is a traumatic experience. I've got experience with trauma. Um, like, uh, <laughs> everyone with anxiety has experience, some experience of trauma. That's kind of how it works. And that's not to say that a huge traumatic event happened in my childhood. No, it didn't. Just a series of, like, uh, moments, like little moments, that built up uh, to be trauma. That's like that's how it works. Like trauma is uh, not a, a thing that happens to you. It is a thing you, you experience, uh, and there's a difference there. And we're all experiencing this traumatic time. You know, like there are people who love to play golf. I don't know why that's my first go to, and they've not been able to get out and play golf. And they were love with nothing more than going out and playing golf right now. And obviously, in terms of golf, uh, add literally anything apart from going to the shop. Oh, people who love, people whose big passion in life is taking a, a one, is taking a, a trip to the supermarket. Those people are loving it at the moment. Like they are, they are. This is this is their heaven. But for me, it's getting up on a stage with my friends or people I don't know. I do a show. Uh, called me plus one, which is me and a guest, uh, another improviser, who sometimes it's someone who I know well and want to grow with. Some uh, very often though, it's someone who I've never met. Uh, that's just the thing. Uh, a plug for a show that I will not do until sometime next year. <laughs> um, oh gosh. Uh, but getting up on stage with uh someone that uh, you know I respect or. Someone I'm getting to know, but usually my best, usually one of my best friends, and or a couple of my best friends, and just have messing about, making people laugh. And for you, it might not be that. It might be just you know you like going to the pub with your friends. God, right? I say that as a recovering alcoholic. I would love to go to the pub with my friends right now, uh, not for a drink. <laughs> I'm not that far gone. Uh, <laughs> um, but whatever it is it's been disrupted it's been taken from us it's been stolen and I think it's important to say that we're allowed to grieve that we're allowed to feel grief and we're allowed to say if someone goes oh hey there's this other version of the thing we want to do and we're allowed to go actually I don't feel up for that and I think one of the really cool things about this lockdown, this pandemic, is seeing people give each other time and space and leeway, you know? I've heard so many people who, like, work proper jobs, 
who've been to- who've talked about how uh, in the first couple of weeks, like their bosses, like when they were working from home for the first time, uh, and their bosses are like, "Look, we don't expect you to be as um, productive as you could be," you know. And I think, but before the end of this, I'll probably have done some improv shows, and maybe, uh, maybe I'll become some sort of online improv guru, expounding it to everyone about how how much it's the how it's the true way to appreciate the art form. I, I don't know. You can't know how things are gonna go, but for the moment, it's just not in my not. It's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is. Uh, watching TV, mainly like as I've pointed out before, Westworld oh my gosh um, uh, doing this because why not and uh, just filling my days with upper stuff trying to sort my brain out yeah I've been trying to figure out other stuff to do because uh, it's interesting, I keep talking, I've been talking about Westworld in this uh, because I literally started watching it on Saturday and I've now finished Two seasons. There's only ten episodes each, so that's not that's not amazing binging. And also, there's been several days where I've not watched it at all. But I'm going to catch up, and I'm going to see the finale of season three, and then I'm like, oh, what am I going to watch next? That's always a big question for me. What am I going to watch next? And there's so many things, and it, which makes me which brings me to the thing of uh, I think like it's inevitable if you're doing any kind of media at the moment. And I guess this is I guess this counts as media. Oh God. Does it? Oh, who knows? That eventually, someone eventually you will talk about Tiger King. Like that's just the thing. I've not watched it. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll go on a complete tangent about documentaries for a second. I always feel like I should watch more documentaries than I do. I'm someone who likes learning things. Like I like knowing things. Actually, that's yeah. I don't. I like knowing things more than I like learning things, uh, which comes from my attention span and uh, and how how I approach the world. I would love to just know stuff. The actual process of learning stuff can sometimes be difficult. Um, it's like oh, I have to read a book. What? Um, and sometimes it's a joy. You know, it depends. Like I can spend hours on uh, Wikipedia or on uh, like media sites like reading articles about stuff that doesn't matter I can do that but with documentaries it's really interesting Um, I always feel like I should watch more than I do because like it's a combination of things that I love right it's uh, learning new things and entertaining film and TV (laughs) Uh, but I just never it never clicks with me and I think it's because I'm not quite sure, but I think part of it is because with a story, and I love stories, I know that um, things are going to make a good story. Things are going to connect. Things are going to finish up. We're going to get a full shape of a story, right? Whether you believe that story shape is um, like a straight line, a spine, or a circle, you know, uh, that's a, sorry, that's some, uh, that's some story theory stuff coming in there. Um... Oh gosh, but sometimes in documentaries, there's, there's, you know, there's no full answers, and also sometimes there's just not a story to it. It's just a presentation of fact, uh, which is interesting in and of itself. 
But from what I hear about Tiger King, and like what I hear about a lot of um, true true crime podcasts, uh, podcasts and documentaries, uh, there is like a story, like a shape. Uh, so I'm, I might watch it. I'm interested. But part of me is also interested in. Uh, hang on, I'll try. I'll share with you now what I think Tiger King is about. Um, <laughs> that should be fun. So Tiger King. Uh, the titular Tiger King. I know this is things that I've picked up from existing online uh, in the past month. <laughs> um, the titular Tiger King is a, a gentleman by the name of Joe Exotic. I'd actually heard of Joe Exotic before this because I remember when he ran for president in 2018. Uh, because he has some, I can't remember what it is, but he has some ties to somewhere in professional wrestling. Like either he has run shows before or he has funded shows something like that and he's definitely appeared at things like that like he's a personality you know he's a flamboyant personality and i presume he is the titular tiger king and from what i gather that means is that he runs an illegal zoo uh where he sells tigers on the black market that's i'm pretty sure that's what it's about so but it's one of these things where everyone always who talks about it goes, oh, you won't believe where it goes next. And I've heard that about other uh, documentaries I've not watched. Like, there's a, the film Tickled, which is about uh, filmed tickle fighting. Uh, which is filmed, like, they get young, attractive gentlemen to tickle each other while uh, in various states of undress. And apparently that gets, that documentary gets so out of control. Uh, I've not watched it. Again, that's something else I might watch. And from everything I hear about Tiger King, it's the same. It just gets so out of control. So I presume uh, the story is about how um, it involves him being involved. Like he's definitely involved with some shady characters. Uh, I feel like we meet a bunch of those. Uh, oh, one thing I weirdly do know about it is that there is a character. God, I can see that a character. See how I, how quickly I was like a character. Like these are real human beings. That's one of the other reasons I struggle with documentaries is that I <laughs> I start referring to them as characters. Um, but there's a person who's featured in it who, from what I gather, uh, because of an article that I saw, is a, a trans man who is identified wrongly uh, as a lesbian throughout uh, Tiger King, which I'm not... That's not great. Uh, like, that's not great, but I don't know. I've not seen it. Maybe the article I was uh, that I skim read was incorrect. Um, but yeah, so this guy Joe Exotic, and I think I think he is somehow in conflict with a woman whom I know is called that bitch Carol Baskins, and I know that the, that bitch is part of the name. Like that's there. It also, from what I gather, she fed a man to a tiger. <laughs> Uh, so, like, these are the things I know. This guy called Joe Exotic, who sells tigers, was a woman called that bitch Carol Baskins, who fed her husband to a tiger. And all of this is alleged, and nobody really knows what's happening. Uh, so I might watch it, you know, just so that I can join the conversation over a month too late. Uh, maybe maybe there are other documentaries I watched that who knows I mean I'm probably going to end up uh, I've still got community to finish 
rewatching. Still got leverage to finish watching for the first time. I've downloaded all of Person of Interest uh, to rewatch all of that. That's a great show. If you've not watched Person, I'll talk about Person of Interest in one of these at some point because it's amazing. Uh, or maybe I'll finally watch the the Tiger thing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm pretending I don't know what it's called. It's called Tiger King. Everyone knows what it's called. Uh, like every. Uh, late night TV show in America has made a joke about it. Um, that's that's how I heard about it. But yeah, so I'll keep watching stuff and maybe I'll do something online. I don't know. I had a thought uh, over the weekend. I'm probably not going to do uh, these like how I've been doing them. Not because I'm busy, just because. Uh, just because. Uh, but I'll probably be back on Monday because I've been enjoying doing these and some people have responded well, which is nice. Thank you. Um. So yeah, stay safe. Uh, stay well. Stay inside. And uh, if you are, you know, feeling... A little lost and just unbearably sad. Just remember that it could be worse. You could have been eaten by a tiger. My name's uh, Marjorie. Thank you very much. Goodbye.